So it's the new year, and I have two participatory questions for you, if you don't mind. How many of you were able to stay up until midnight last night? <laughs> wow, all the younger, all the younger people. Good. Yeah, my wife, my wife, my wife woke me up at midnight. I was sound asleep, and we had an orange juice toast, and I went right back to sleep. I can, I cannot stay up anymore, late hours. But here's the other participatory question: How many of you? have made a New Year's resolution. Whether seriously, I'm doing this, or even in your mind, I have to start this over. How many of you have done that this year already? Oh, come on. None of you have said, I'm gonna shed a few pounds. None of you have said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray a little more. Usually, at this time of year, you know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Even if it's just off the cuff in our minds, I'm going to do something a little bit differently. But a lot of us say, well, it's uh, something we we shouldn't do. It's kind of stupid. People make these New Year's resolutions, and it it goes in one year and out the other. That's my best joke, the whole sermon. That's my best joke. But psychologists actually tell us that Though 60% of New Year's resolutions fail, 40% are successful. Now to me, as someone preaching on Sunday morning, if someone were to tell me that 40% of the people were going to follow the word of God, what you preached that Sunday, if they were going to follow it on Monday, I'd be very excited. Because 40% is not bad. So why do I say all this? Well, because church... Our God, and if we can get our little presentation up here, I would appreciate it, men. Our God is a God of new beginnings. Our God is a God that allows us, in his grace and his glory, to start over and recommit. And to John's point, to yield to him things in our lives that we may have not yielded as much as we have in the past, or that we may have never yielded. So church, this is a good time to think about new beginnings. It is a good time to think about recommitting ourselves spiritually to the Lord. And in order to do that, I want to walk through the book of Nehemiah this morning. And I want to use it as an analogy for how we as Christians can recommit ourselves to the Lord this year, starting today, and build new walls. If you don't know, and I can't go through a detailed history of Nehemiah, But there was the Babylonian captivity where Israel was taken into captivity for 70 years because of their disobedience to the Lord. The Babylonian empire swept in, took them captive, removed most of them from the land, but kept many of the poor in in Israel. They took them to Babylon, and for 70 years they stayed there. And then Persia defeated Babylon and allowed the Israelites to slowly return to the land. And under Zerubbabel, a group of Israelites returned to the land and rebuilt the temple. But church, the Israelites didn't really move back into the city of Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple, they resumed some semblance of worship, but the people didn't move back into the city. And the temple stayed there for years without having the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt. And the walls of Jerusalem are significant. Walls in general during this period of time were significant. Walls meant something about the city. Walls were designed to protect the city. 
You wanted to have walls around your city so you couldn't be easily defeated. To have walls around your city meant that you cared about what was in that city because you wanted to defend it, because there was something of significance in the city, you would have walls and you would keep those walls up. If there was a crack in the wall, you would repair the crack. If there was a brick missing from the wall, you would fill that with another brick. Walls were important. And Nehemiah, who was still in Persia at this point in time, who may have never set foot in Israel, heard from a messenger that the people who had returned to the land left the walls in rubble. And he was heartbroken. So that's all the context you need as we walk through the the book of Nehemiah. Simple context, the walls were in rubble and Nehemiah was heartbroken and committed himself to rebuilding the walls. And remember, this will be an an analogy for you and I rebuilding our spiritual walls. You with me? All right, let's pray. Father, be with us this morning as we study your word. Fill our hearts and minds with visions of your son, Jesus, and our relationship with him and with you. Father, be with us. Let us recommit ourselves to you this morning. If one of our walls has a crack in it, help us to rebuild. If one of our walls has fallen into rubble, help us to reconstruct. Fill us with your word this morning and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church. Turn on my device here. So this is Nehemiah chapter one. All the scripture this morning is from Nehemiah if you wanna follow along, but it will be up on the screen. So the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And I'm calling this church the assessment. Nehemiah gets an assessment of the situation. The walls have been lying fallow and in rubble for years since the exile Uh, Some of the exiled Israelites went back and rebuilt the temple. They cared not a whit about the walls and had no intention of moving back into the city. And Nehemiah is grieved. So what he has done here, church, is he has looked at his spiritual situation, the spiritual situation of the people of Israel, his spiritual situation, and he sat down and wept. So church, with the beginning of this year, I'm asking you to assess your spiritual situation with the Lord this morning. Assess where you're at. Look around you at your walls, which are in rubble, which need repair. Then there's the confession, church. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant is praying before you day and night 
for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we have, uh, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws he gave your servant Moses. The confession. Nehemiah is the cupbearer of Artaxerxes, the ruler of Persia. Very high position. He tasted the wine so that he could ensure for Artaxerxes that the wine was not poisoned. A very high position, a very position of a man of character that the king could trust. But Nehemiah had to confess, as important as his position was in this kingdom of Persia, there was something more important that he had to concern himself with, and he had not concerned himself with it at all. And that was Jerusalem, the city of God. The walls were in rubble. We have acted very wickedly towards you, he says. We have not obeyed your commandments, the confession, the assessment, the confession, the promise. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Church, this is a beautiful passage in the book of Nehemiah and it's found elsewhere in a similar tone. If you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizons, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. New beginnings, church. God is always reaching out to us to find us, no matter how far we have gone from him, God is always, like the prodigal son, like the father in the prodigal son, God is always scanning the horizon saying, where is John now? Where is John now? Doesn't he know that I will gather him, if he will just yield to me and my will, I will gather him and bring him to the place of my dwelling. He can indeed return if he yields to me. That is a wonderful promise of our God, church, that no matter how much we have let our walls fall down, his arms are extended. And if we return and obey him and yield to his will and his commandments, he says, I promise you, I will gather you and bring you to me. He said to Israel, how many times would I have gathered you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you, Israel, would not have it. But he says here, church, if you would have it under my wings, I would keep you safe and warm. If you choose to assess your walls and rebuild, I'm here for you, my people. The conviction. Then I said to them, this is Nehemiah, you see the trouble we are in. 
Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work, the conviction. Nehemiah said, look at the trouble we're in. The walls of Jerusalem have been burned with fire, are in, in rubble. Let us rebuild these walls. But church, he also told them about the gracious hand of God. What did he mean by that? As I said, he was a cupbearer. He had a very good relationship with King Artaxerxes. You could almost say that they were friends to the extent that a cupbearer and king could be friendly with one another. The king noticed that Nehemiah was weeping one day and asked him why he was so downcast. And Nehemiah said, the walls of the city of God are in ruins. And my heart breaks that the people of Israel and myself have neglected the walls where the temple sits in the midst. And when Nehemiah shared his heart with Artaxerxes, the grace of God was poured out on Nehemiah through the king. Nehemiah asked for several things, safe passage. He asked for the tools and materials to rebuild the walls. And Artaxerxes said, whatever you need, I will give you. Whatever you need, I will give you. Because as Pastor John said this morning, it's all about yielding. As Nehemiah yielded to the will of God, as Nehemiah did the assessment and yielded to the conviction that he had about the walls of Jerusalem, God opened up the floodgates of heaven through Artaxerxes, and Artaxerxes said, my downcast friend, anything you need to rebuild those walls, God has told me to give to you. God will give us the tools, church, to rebuild our spiritual walls. Do you believe that? But if we don't yield to him, we can sit in the rubble for years and years and years and never put one brick upon another. But the people of Israel said, let us start building. This is a good work, Nehemiah, that you're asking us to do. We do need to return to God. We should be faithful. We do love this city and this temple and we want walls to make the nations know that he is our God and we are his people and we are proud to be so, the conviction. Uh, but then there's always the adversary church. Have you ever tried to embark on a spiritual journey or try to do something different? Maybe you were in sin. Maybe you were a drug addict and this was your eighth time trying to get off drugs and the adversary comes and let's call the adversary Satan, who may use your mind, but often uses others. I wanna be something better for the Lord. But then the adversary comes, and when Senballat, who was a, a, a Persian, heard about the rebuilding and what Nehemiah was up to, he was very upset. He didn't want Israel to be successful. He didn't want Nehemiah to be successful. When he heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. 
He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Feeble, calling you names, making you feel insufficient for the task. But you know you're sufficient because God is sufficient. Those feeble Jews, what are they doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? Burned as they are, fools. Fools to think that they could be starting over with their God. Fools to think that they could rebuild walls. Fools to think that they could be back in relationship with the almighty God. Fools, fools, fools. Lies from the pit of hell, church, come through many sources. Don't let them drag you down from a good work. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even a fox climbing upon it would break down their wall of stones. Remember this line, church. They continued to ridicule Nehemiah and the Israelites, and they said, even a fox climbing on this pile of stones that they're building would cause it to crash to the ground because it's so weak. Satan attacks you at your moment of weakness. When you make the decision to return to the Lord, when you make the decision to dedicate something that you've neglected to the Lord, Satan approaches and says, you are too weak and what you are building will not last, you will fail. It's not true for the yielded heart, mind and soul of a child of God, it is not true. But the doubt does come. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we can't rebuild the wall. It's too big of a task. Look, all, all four sides of the wall are in rubble. There's not enough of us. We can't rebuild the wall. There's so much of it. Why don't I just give up and live in my sin? Why don't I just give up and continue what I'm doing and not serve the Lord and stay in my room and not do a thing because this is a hard work. Our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to their work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Doubt will enter in, saints. If you wanna do a good work for God, doubt will enter in. Satan will enter in, enemies will enter in, and they will tell you that you can't do it. And they're right, you can't do it. You can't do it unless God is with you, unless God is your strength, unless God is your power. The devotion. But they didn't stop there. They didn't defeat the Israelites. Nehemiah says, but the earlier governors, those preceding me, says Nehemiah, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people, but out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. Church, when people attack you, when the enemy comes at you and you have recommitted yourself to the Lord, you have to put on those blinders to all those doubters around you, 
to all those destroyers around you. You have to put on those blinders instead of listening to them, instead of giving in to them, instead of saying, I'll do this for some other benefit than serving the Lord, you have to say no. I am devoted to working on this wall. And church, I don't know what your wall is. Is it that you don't pray enough? Is it that you don't serve enough? Is it that you don't love enough? Is it that you're not kind enough? Is it that you don't worship God enough? Is it that he's not number one in your life? Is it an addiction to pornography, drugs, or alcohol? I don't know what what spiritual things or walls have fallen down in your life, church. I don't know, but I do know that we all have them. I know we all have walls that need rebuilding. And we need to devote ourselves to the rebuilding and not let everything else drag us away from it. The distraction, the distraction. Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messages to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great work and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Stop there. Nehemiah's on the wall. They're doing their best to get him off the wall. They're creating every scenario, every possibility to say that he should not be rebuilding that wall. And Nehemiah says, I hear you, but I will not come down off this wall until the work is complete. You can attack me day and night, but the good work that I'm doing is more important than coming down and addressing your sniping, your attacks the harm you're trying to cause me, I will not come off the wall. Powerful words from Nehemiah. Powerful words. The prayer. Let's go to the prayer, church, because it's important. This is what Pastor Rossetti's talking about for us for the year to come. You know, a lot of people say, you can't do it, let God do it. I don't like that. I don't like that. I I like it in the fact that yes, anything we accomplish is through God, by God, and as I said earlier, through his power. But church, there has to be the yielding. There has to be, yes Lord, only you can do it, but here I'm giving myself to you so that you can do it. I'm yielding myself to you. You know, we we can't have a prayer life and say, well I'm letting the Lord pray for me. I'm giving them my prayer life to the Lord. I'm letting him do it. Well, what good does that do? You have to yield yourself to a prayer life, don't you? You have to get up. You have to get down. You have to pray and let God work through your prayer life. You can say, well, I'm giving all witnessing to the Lord. I'm letting him do it. Well, church, you have to go out and speak the gospel. You have to use the words. You have to say that word that will come not will not come back void, and yes, God will do the work, but you have to yield yourself as the vessel through which he has chosen to work. Isn't, isn't, isn't that common sense, church? We can't just say, well, let God handle it in my life. Yielding can be difficult, because you know what yielding means? It means I'm no longer gonna try to do it my way. Yielding means I'm going to let God Tell me how I should do it. 
I'm going to follow his commands and his instructions. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to let his power work in me to create change and to build those walls that I have neglected and I have allowed crumble. He will build them, but I must give myself over to him and take up my cross. Taking up my cross means dying to all the things that I want. Dying is an active thing we must do. Dying to everything I want on a daily basis. Taking up my cross and yielding to the God who wants my walls to be high and strong. They were trying to frighten the Jewish people, thinking their hands will get weak for the work and it will not be completed if we keep attacking them. But I prayed, says Nehemiah, Now strengthen my hands. Who's he praying to, church? His God. They're attacking us from the left and from the right and from the bottom of the wall as we do our work. And I pray to you, God, help us to yield to you and strengthen our hands, not only to build the wall, but strengthen the hands of our mind, of our spirits, so that we will not walk away, so that we will be strong and we will see this good work done. The determination, but I said, this is Nehemiah, Nehemiah said, should a man like me run away with all this criticism, with all these things against me, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? Should I go hide, in other words? I will not go. Nehemiah says, I could run away. I could hide in the temple where no one can enter, but I will not go. I have dedicated the building of this wall to my God, and no matter what is thrown out me, I will not come off this wall, I will not come down, and I will not run away, I will not go. The determination, church, do you have it? Do you have the determination to build your walls through the grace of God? Church, there's victory and dedication in this story that you can have too if you trust him. Chapter six of Nehemiah. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. Amen. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. They were no longer bold. They no longer attacked the children of Israel and said, you can't do this. They were afraid because they had accomplished something great through the power of their God. The nations feared the God of Israel. When all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. With the help of our God, and they were afraid. Now, church, remember, I asked you to remember a verse earlier where Shanabalat and his friends were making fun of the Jews and saying, This pile of stones that you're building, not even a fox could stand on it. Ha! Ha! The victory and dedication. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right, toward the dung gate. The second choir proceeded the opposite direction. Let's stop there. Church, this wall that they said a fox couldn't stand on without knocking it down, Nehemiah now brings the priests, the leaders, 
two large choirs to stand on top of this wall and sing praises to God and to dedicate this wall, and that wall stood strong, church. That wall stood strong, and they rejoiced. On that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. If we can have the men come down for the Lord's table, what's the point of this message this morning, church? I want you to be among that 40% who makes a commitment to the Lord on this day that you keep. I want you to be a member of the body of Christ this morning that says, I know I have a wall that's down. I know I have a wall that's damaged. I hope it's not in complete rubble, but you may have a wall that's in complete rubble. I want you to assess your walls. I want you to be convicted. I want you to pray for God's strength to rebuild those walls. I want you to dedicate the good work that you're going to do to the Lord. I want you to not be torn down by the enemies, whether they be Satan or Satan's tools, I don't want you to be torn down. I want you to commit and say, I will not come down from this wall until the work is done and choirs can stand on it and praise God for all that he has done. Because the conclusion of the book of Nehemiah, church, is this. Remember me with favor, my God. Church, do you want to remembered by God with favor? Are you feeling out of favor with God? Get back in favor with God because there's no better place to be, church, than being blessed by your God, than being loved by your God. He loves you in good and bad, but if you come to him in his favor, church, what better thing could you commit yourself to do? Church, we're gonna have communion this morning as we pass out the elements. Think about your walls. Think about dedicating yourself to our Lord this morning. And think about the strength that it's gonna take because without the strength of our Lord, you can do nothing. Without the strength of our God, you will fail. You will come down from that wall. But he is our strength.